Welcome back to the best of Real Presence Live. Our next segment features an interview with Kelly Patterson, a survivor of human trafficking. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. This is your host, Father Jason Leffer. We are broadcasting from the studios in Grand Forks, North Dakota, all over our tremendous listening area. You know, I have to, I have to do disclaimers as we begin this morning. I do not have my, my uh, wonderful co-host and leader, Father Jim Gross. You know, he is the... He is the consummate rock in our broadcast here when the two of us are together. I'm the amateur. I just, I'm just the color commentary. So I'll see if I can fill his chair to get, uh, today. The, um, he, hold him in prayer. He's on a tremendous adventure. He's down under. He's down there in uh, Australia, New Zealand. And I pray and hope he is just having an absolute, absolute great time. And we look forward to him joining the broadcast again next month when we're back together. And meanwhile... There's not nearly enough time for our, our next guest. I wish we could do the whole program uh, with Kelly. Kelly, are you with me this morning? Yes, good morning. Good morning. So this is, this is Kelly Patterson, uh, survivor of human trafficking. So Kelly, this, this is a topic near and dear to my own heart. I have great, great concerns about this, and I'm, I'm just very excited that we have this opportunity uh, to have you on this morning. Um, so as I just introduced the topic there, what... What's on your heart or your mind? Where would you like to begin this morning? Um, I I guess I would like to um, start with saying I'm just so grateful to be here. Grateful for the opportunity. Sharing my story is always difficult, but so worthwhile. Because in the end of it all, I'm here. Yes. And having survived what is many would probably refer to as the unsurvivable. Yeah. So being here or being anywhere is literally a miracle when only approximately 1% of sex trafficking victims are ever rescued. Now, Kelly, could you, um, I would say you're our average American out there, probably the average listener this morning. Uh, I mean, I'd say we're, we're, we, I'll put myself there, are pretty clueless as to how this would come about or happen. Can you kind of describe for us circumstances that would get somebody into that position? Yes. Um, and, and this is very sadly common in the Midwest. I was trafficked out of the state of South Dakota. It began in South Dakota, but all the surrounding states as well, and all the way down into Michigan. My family grew up in South Dakota. We moved quite a bit because of my dad's government position. We were not a poverty family. We were very, you know, middle income, middle America. My family had no idea what was happening to me. And that is one of the reasons I felt it was so important to get this story out because at age six, we, and and possibly before, but my first real strong memories are at age six of a neighbor who was involved with a trafficking ring and someone very respected in the community, very well-liked, in fact, known really statewide, began grooming me by, you know, just kind of a gentle, becoming friendly, a friendly adult, a little more friendly, a little more friendly, until it became sexual. 
And then he introduced me to the room. How old would you have been at this? Are you a teenager? Are you a young adult? Where where are you? Age six years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so those first years, the thing about ring trafficking, which to explain what that is, is it's basically organized crime. They're very secretive. They're very well-funded. They're... um, they're in every community I, I that we lived in, just about, with one exception, actually. Um, and being secretive is what makes them so dangerous. And they're so good at what they do. And, and I hate to use this term because we usually think of it as a good term, but they're very patient. So they start very slow. This is why my family was never able to catch on to what was going on, because very early on they introduced the shame of what's happening, the also um, threats that my family, threats that they would take my younger sister if I didn't comply, things like that that make a child obey, basically. And it was very confusing because I was so young as well. So they, they're very, they, they look at it as a, basically they are putting their time and effort into a product that they are growing and grooming. By age nine, they were already filming me in pornography. And, and we had already moved by that time. I was so surprised that it began to happen to me in, in another community. I had thought actually that maybe I had escaped. And this so, continued for so at, years. At this point, do you, are you, are your parents unaware? Or how, how do you get separated from the family? And that is such a good question. So, as in many small communities in the Midwest, you get out of school at, at three o'clock, roughly, and at six p.m. that that alarm, that siren, would go off in the community that said, you know, it's dinner time. Yep. And we were expected to be home. When we heard the siren, that was our signal. You know, it's a community. All of these communities were communities where you didn't lock your cars or your house at night. Everybody knows everybody. And between that 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock, and and not every day by any means, just the days that they chose to do so, I was required to show up at, at a very specific location and if I didn't, this or this was going to happen. When I got a little older and tried to exercise my right to say no, they, they let me know in a very horrendous way through gang rape that you don't say no. And that kept me in line again for a number of years. But see, my parents only saw what I always called kind of the face of Kelly of the day. I was a high achiever, um, very involved at school in just about everything, choir, track, swimming, anything that I could do because the more things I was involved in, the busier I was, the less access they had or the less free time I had for them to access me. This is Real Presence Live. And we are we are in an interview here with um, Kelly Preston, who is a victim of human trafficking, 
and uh, we're just getting the circumstances here around how this happened uh, in her life. And so, you know, Kelly, as as, as you describe, um, you know, this this grooming that took place and everything. You know, you know, again, a lot of us. Now, I'll just I can only speak for myself, but in my mind, you know, human trafficking is something that happens on the border. Human trafficking is something that happens with other people. Human trafficking happens out there somewhere, but but not in Midwest small town America, you know. And so you're you're telling us right now, like, no, actually, it's happening right in the midst of our our small towns and our communities. Yes, and I I so wish that weren't true, and but it is, and it's been going on for such a long time. One hotline reported that they have received calls from trafficked individuals from every county in every state in the United States. That's every county, no matter how small of a county, how unpopulated, they received a hotline call from someone being trafficked. You know, that's an alarming thing. What, what, what strikes me about what you're saying, I, I, I mean, obviously this would not be taking place, but at the heart, there's got to be money being made here. There's got to be... And there has to be a market for this. Or this horrible, horrible thing you're speaking about would not take place. And so it's got to be worth the risk. Uh, uh, for for uh, otherwise, you know, this wouldn't be happening out there. And, and you're saying it's happening in every county uh, in the United States. How how um, so, Kelly? How does how does the light first break through here? How I mean, how do you how do things change, or how do you find a place of freedom? Because you said only one percent find their way out right so so I, I would say that things really escalated when I was 17 I had began acting out and was really getting out of control um, was very angry at God I figured he must have forgotten who I am or he didn't care or the, and really I could not wrap my head around the idea that God loved me at all was very difficult to comprehend that a loving God would allow something like this. And I couldn't find my way out. At 17, they then had me in and were able to use me in just every form that, that you can imagine, you know, from prostitution to escort services and so on. This is the best of Real Presence Live. We're currently bringing you an interview with Kelly Patterson about how God helped her escape the chains of human trafficking. Now... Back to the interview. And there were times I tried escaping where nothing really occurred that would give me hope, but somehow a hope kept alive in me, and I fully believe that was God, because it makes no sense to have that kind of hope. Many lose their hope. And I did lose hope, you know, once or twice along the way, but something was so alive in me to escape. And I, I never quit trying despite the, the torture and things that would happen when you did. But I cried out to God. And sometimes I wasn't even necessarily addressing Him specifically. But I believe God hears our thoughts, our hope, our heart, our cries, our pleas. And he hears those as prayers as well, even when I wasn't directly addressing them to him. So that hope 
bringing alive gave me the ability at age 20, almost 22, to do that final try or attempt to escape. And at that point, I, I did a very, no warning to anyone. In fact, some family members have recently told me they thought I was going crazy, but now they understand. I just packed everything up one night, and I had stashed a little money from my last check, which I normally had to turn over, and took off. And I headed to the West Coast. There's quite a bit that happened there. Now, Kelly. So as you're as you're um, <clears throat> telling us, there's this break that happens. I mean, the uh, the thought that comes to me is, from the time you're six until here, you are, you know, roughly about twenty, and. You know, and you've been conditioned to 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 think and act and believe and understand a certain way that whole time. And even though you you break here, you find a way out. That whole conditioning and everything doesn't just disappear. That's that's who you've become on the inside for a person. I think it's very important for us to hear how it is you find interior freedom. And so, for all of our listeners right now, um, this is Real Presence Live. We're listening with Kelly uh, uh, Preston, who is Patterson, sorry, who is a victim of human trafficking. We're going to step away for a quick break right now, and we're going to come back on the other side of this break um, to, to hear how the light comes into the darkness of Kelly's life, and she has a new beginning. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the best of Real Presence Live. We're currently bringing you an interview with Kelly Patterson about how God helped her escape the chains of human trafficking. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is your host, Father Jason Leffer. I'm, I'm flying solo today. Father Gross is, is off today, but he'll be back uh, on our next broadcast. Currently, we're, we're in the midst of, a, uh, of an encounter with uh, Kelly Patterson, who is a victim of uh, sex trafficking, and uh, she's kind of giving us a, a view of the insight of what happens and how this comes about. Well, on the other side of the break, we had just left where she had she'd gotten a break from it, and she had found her way out, and so now we want really want to hear Kelly just how that light comes into the darkness of, of what had been your life up to that point, and um, so could you walk us through then how how do you how do you go from that horrible interior thing that's been happening to you to a place of freedom and healing? Yes, and that's that's my favorite part, <laughs> of course. Uh when I moved to Oregon, the ring was actually there as well. So I had a little time there where they I would I guess the wording would be they, they still owned me. However, um, I was in need of housing, and I met these interesting people, and they really loved God, and we ended up sharing a home. They taught me that God wasn't this faraway being that didn't care about me, that he numbered the hairs on my head, and they also saw what had been happening, and they protected me. And it was in their home that I had an encounter with God that was very real. By this time, my brain was pretty messed up. I had so many drugs forced on me over those 
last few years. And I was just in a, a drug haze, even when I wasn't using. When they prayed with me, and I had this encounter, there was an immediate, miraculous change in my brain. Literally, I felt this fog lift, and it was like light just surrounded the atmosphere. I was able to think clearly once again, and I was able to take a stand. These folks also protected me greatly. They drove me to and from work, and it was through that that I realized God was real. So I turned a corner there and never, ever looked back. Finding that freedom just changed me into a new person with a new life, though I was still afraid for quite a long time. I couldn't sleep at night. I had a lot of fear in the evenings, and I wasn't certain if that freedom was going to last. I touched the pathway behind me, but the fear didn't go. And and so I want to share this the, the most supernatural part of this story very briefly. I won't give it all, but God came to me. Literally, a wind came up. I heard music like chimes, and it was inside of my house. And I, I was wide awake. I wasn't asleep. I heard Bob call my name. Three nights in a row, I actually called a minister and asked what to do after hearing my name in this beautiful musically wind. <laughs> and he said to go read about Samuel. And if, if you know that story, on the third night, God spoke to him. So the third night, I just sat up waiting, but I thought, God doesn't love me like he does others. He's not going to come to me. But he came, and he spoke again in this in this wind and just said, I love you, Kelly, over and over and over. And it wasn't just words. It, uh, my entire person was absorbed in that love. And then he said, don't have fear. I love you. The fear at night and the fear of all of that immediately was gone. It has never come back, and I've never doubted God's love since that moment. This is Real Presence Live, and this is your host, Father Jason Leffer, and we have this powerful testimony from uh, Kelly Patterson, who was a victim of uh, human trafficking, and she's sharing with her how she found her way out. And, and Kelly, the thing that uh, just strikes me here so powerfully about your story is, on the one hand, how a community of people can work together to bring about such evil, how on the other hand a community of people in the body of Christ can work together to, to bring out such goodness and, and safety and love and security and how God is just waiting for an opportunity with his supernatural grace to come to heal and to let you know about his love for you. This is the best of Real Presence Live! We're currently bringing you an interview with Kelly Patterson about how God helped her escape the chains of human trafficking. Now, you've, um, you've written a book about this experience. Could you, could you tell us about that book, the title, and, and where people might be able to get a copy of that? Sure. The title of the book is From Traffic to Treasured, and it's available on Amazon. You have to make sure you have the word from at the beginning. 
I bet. Yeah, I, I would assume that that, would, <laughs> that might generate uh, an interesting search if you put that one in wrong. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So from, from traffic to treasured, is that correct? Yes. And it's Kelly Patterson. And, and in there you, you give the whole account of, of what, what's taken place here in your life and, and in your testimony. Now, um, there's a very important conference that's coming up here on December 4th in Lemon, South Dakota. Could you, could you tell us about that and what's taking place? Uh, yes. At the conference, you'll also hear me speak, but in addition to that, a former member of law enforcement, Dan Wardle, will be speaking as well. Very, very interesting man with quite a history, and he has a lot to say on that topic. There'll be a learning, oh, like the basics of human trafficking, but I think especially important is people will learn the signs and the symptoms of someone being trafficked. There were many signs that were missed, of course, in my life, and things that if you just are educated, you'll be able to watch for certain things and find out ways that you can help in this battle against trafficking. You know, and uh, Callie, there's, there's there's no way that we have done justice to your your story. This is like a drop in the bucket, just to let our listeners here understand. Again, um, the book that Callie has written, where you can get a fuller account of all this, is from trafficked to treasured, and you can find that at Amazon or probably where all books are are sold. And then we really want people to be aware of the human human trafficking awareness conference. It's going to be taking place December 4th, 2019, 6.30 p.m. That's at the Palace Theater, and that's on Main Avenue in Lemon, South Dakota. Kelly herself will be there, again, speaking. Also, Dan uh, Wardle, who was co-chair of the West, West River Human Trafficking Task Force. And this is being hosted by Citizens Against Violence and Abuse. There will be a free will donation to help cover the cost of all things. Um, for more information, you can contact Carol Kling. Her number is 605-374-5639. Or you can go to uh, ckling at sdplains, as in South Dakota Plains, dot com. C-K-Ling at sdplains dot com. Uh, Callie, it's been an absolute treasure, to use your word. Uh, to have you with us this morning and your testimony and um and and really the 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 word about this cannot be broadcast enough or go out mm-hmm. what what's happening in the midst of our communities i pray for god's blessing and an anointing upon you and we just it was an absolute privilege to have you with us this morning uh thank you so much kelly thank you thank you up next on the best of real presence live we're hopping in the car for our 10 minute tour of local events Stay with us.